This is The Gum Guru with Dr. Macon Singletary from North Raleigh Periodontics. This is a show about keeping your teeth and gums healthy and how a healthy smile affects your overall health. Today's episode is called Golf Bag of Treatment Options, How Periodontal Disease is Treated. Welcome to the Gum Guru Podcast with Dr. Macon Singletary from North Raleigh Periodontics. I'm Jason Kong here with Dr. Singletary. And as you heard, we're going to be talking about the golf bag of treatment options when it comes to treating periodontal disease. All right, Dr. Singletary, the golf bag of, of treatment options. Is this is this a hint to us that you know, you're this amazing golfer and you want to find a way to weave the subject of golf in, throughout the show today? Actually, just the opposite, Jason. <laughs> When I was in dental school, I went to Emory in Atlanta, and the first day of class, I was sort of a stranger to Atlanta because I went from Durham to Atlanta, so it's going from small town to big town. Yep. And uh, as I was putting my equipment in the locker, one of the senior dental students said, Macon, come on, let's go play some golf. And I said, I don't play golf. And he said, boy, you ain't going to graduate. <laughs> <laughs> and, and there is something to that because that's how you socialize. But I like the analogy of a golf bag of treatment. When I swing the ball to moves right or left, it develops legs, and it's just ridiculous. <laughs> um, or either I whiff it. But, uh, it's, but the analogy of a, a full bag of options is what I like to use for my patients. Yeah, I think that helps give a visual. So let's get into that so that periodontal disease isn't just, well, this is how we fix it. This is the one way we do it. And that's it. That's it for everyone. So it's, this is clearly not like that. Right. Exactly. So what happens when we do an exam, the three things I blend, I blend the medical history with my oral exam and the oral exam is pretty extensive. I'm looking at the depths between the tooth and the gum. And I don't do this to see how far a person jumps out of the chair. I take my little probe and measure the pockets. I'll call it my medieval torture device, but I'm, you know, I tell the patient, raise your left hand if that's uncomfortable. And then the way the teeth fit together. So it means pretty extensive evaluating the oral cavity, the way the teeth fit, the musculature, the pockets, you know, under the tongue, and then the x-rays. And with those three things, I'll come up with a diagnosis, prognosis, and a treatment plan. So that treatment plan can vary from person to person. Another visual that I use, I call it the pyramid of susceptibility. At the top of the pyramid is what causes gum disease, bacteria. Inside that pyramid are two things you have no control over, your immune system and the makeup of the saliva. Everybody has some form of gum disease in their life. You know, if you have a big pyramid, low threshold, it doesn't take a lot of bacteria to be, I can look in there and see no plaque and they're losing teeth. Some people have tons of plaque and calculus and they still got their teeth. They got a small pyramid. So what I recommend and what I do really depends on what I see. I call it the snapshot, you know, what the movie picture is going to look like. I can't predict that, but I can get an idea. And it's important. The medical history is key. I mean, medication you take, people, you know, they're taking things for allergies or autoimmune issues. You affect salivary flow, affects the immune system. Other things inside the pyramid that you don't inherit, like smoking, you know, stress, all affect how a patient looks at that first appointment. And what I recommend really depends on that aspect of my evaluation. It varies from person to person. I think that's comforting in knowing that there's such a comprehensive approach here because you're factoring in 
the entire medical history and overall health. You know, it's as, as we said, this isn't just, well, you know, I've got my one golf club and I'm going to use this to fix mm-hmm. it. It is using the best tool that is available to you for the right situation, a customized approach that factors in the patient. And to me, that's comforting knowing that I'm being treated in a way that's best for me mm-hmm. and that will provide the best health outcome for me. Exactly. And everybody's different. The most important thing to understand, uh, no matter what I do, because you can go to my general dentist friends and they'll do a filling and you're done. They'll do a crown and you're done. You see a periodontist or see me, unless you fire me, I'm there all the time. I'm the right arm of the dentist because I don't do restorations, but I'll, you want the foundation to be good. But once I do something, the bacteria grows back. So some people say, well, I'll just take all my teeth out. No, don't want to do that either. It's simple, really simple. You know, the most important thing is understanding that you can physically remove it, and what you do at home is key four times a day, and floss one of those times, preferably before you go to bed, and stay on a good cleaning program. We call them infection control therapy in our office. And that's one of the clubs, you know, but the infection control therapy, it's, it's an ongoing issue. You can't just do it once and you're done. And I've been doing this a while. So in my mind, I know for a patient, for whatever medication they take, whatever medical history they present, what the x-rays show me, I have an idea what would work best for them. And we're quick sometimes to make a diagnosis and a treatment right off the bat. You really can't do that in periodontal therapy. It takes a while to see how a patient heals and what club I use and how they respond to that club. Going back to the home care part of it, how much of this golf bag is, is just your golf bag and how much of it is also the golf bag of the patient as well? Do they have to work together? Can it only be you? I mean, how does that work? That's a yeah, good question because I call it audience participation. I mean, I can do my thing. I can, you know, I call the antibiotic club a putter. You can get around the course with a putter, but not very effectively. My five iron is the deep scale and root planing club, non-surgical therapy. We numb you up and it's, you can drive in, drive out. And that's sort of the standard, you know, the, there are limitations to these clubs. You do the antibiotic club, they kill it for six to eight weeks and they grow back. You do the root planting club, you know, there's a limitation between the tooth and the gum. The, if it's deeper than five millimeters, we may not be able to get all the etiology or calculus off the root of the tooth. The laser club is Big Bertha. I guess they still have Big Bertha. I don't play <laughs> golf, but, you know, and I have all sorts. I mean, that's part of our technology. But the most important thing is, and you know, you brought up a good point. I'm gonna have to add another club. Maybe it's the wedge. That they, you know, that's the brushing and flossing club mm-hmm. that they have to do consistently every day. A person comes in, they don't walk through my front door not wanting to see their teeth. They're either coming in for a second opinion, which we do all the time, and that's a good thing to do because it, we do a detailed exam, and I can give patients some options. But they, they don't, sometimes they don't come. They come in. They don't. Under, they they want to save their teeth. That's why they get through the front door. And then they sit down, and and I say, okay, this is what you need to think about. And I'll ask, how many times a day do you brush your teeth? Ninety-nine percent of, of my patients, even patients who've been with me a long time, will say once or twice a day. And I'm shaking my head. I said, that's not enough. That's a, a club that they need to do themselves every day. It's like taking a shower or eating. I mean. I think it's sort of the last thing we do because normally we're not hurting in the mouth. If it starts to hurt, we do something. Well, that's like high blood pressure and glaucoma. It's curtains. It's too late. You don't want it to hurt. 
And so the club of oral hygiene is key no matter what we do. And when a person invests in their mouth, I, I try to look at, are they going to get bang for the bucks? Based upon them, I don't, I'm not judgmental, don't get me wrong. I have patients that come in, you know, if they're 30 years of age and they got advanced periodontal disease, what I'm going to recommend may be different for them than a 80-year-old patient that comes in and has the same thing. Prognosis in the 80-year-old may be better. There are a lot of things that go into that. That may be another podcast about, you know, what treatment do we actually do and for people and why. But in that golf bag, it really depends. Age is a factor. Do they smoke? And so when I reach into my club, I try to pull something out that I think, first of all, will benefit them. Initially, if we do the root planning club, I'll get them back for an evaluation. I call it a treatment analytic appointment. And I'm blending three things at that time. I'm blending what they're doing at home, how they're physically removing the bacteria, what we did, and how they healed from what we did. And then I'll say, okay, you need to get your teeth clean so often. And we'll, you know, if there's a referring dentist on board, we'll communicate with them and try to orchestrate that maintenance program. And we try to stay on top of it. I mean, we all have lives and miss an appointment, and, but we try to track it for the patient as well for the dentist that I'm working with if they come from another dentist. We try to stay on top of it for them that's the reason why in our practice, you know, national studies show that anything that we do, we see a five to seven year improvement if they're on board doing what we say do. In our practice, it's seven to 10 years. The difference is we're on top of that. We help the patient. You missed your appointment today, Ms. Jones. You know, we'll be glad to reschedule you. In a national study, they usually done at universities. They just say, adios. You're out of the program, the test. You know, so, so it's a little bit different. We care about our patients. What I do for them, what club I use, really depends on the person. You, you really can't cookbook it. Yeah, and that's that personal touch that it also plays into, of course, what's best for the patient, but what are they going to be most comfortable with and what can they achieve going forward? And, and speaking of that, it's important after you make that first step to go see you and then you have your treatment regimen after that. Why is it so hard to take that first step sometimes? You know, we may find out that there's an issue that periodontal disease could be a threat, but sometimes we may just put off scheduling that appointment or getting that second opinion. How can we overcome that? The major one is apprehension and fear of the dentist, you know, what we do. And, you know, I'm the biggest dental phobic on the planet Earth. I think I told you I went to the dentist one time when I was eight, and the next time I'm in the dental chair, I'm in dental school. So I I understand that fear, but it's a matter of it's priority. Sometimes, like I said, when somebody's not hurting, there are other things that they're focusing on. But it's unfortunate because periodontal disease affects systemic health, Uh, dementia, cardiovascular issues, diabetes, I mean, rheumatoid arthritis, those bacteria that grow in the mouth get in the bloodstream and they we now know with technology today that there are systemic effects of these periodontal pathogens and so it's education you know podcasts like this where we're educating the public because it's tough for even you know general dentists to communicate exactly what's going on the technology every, every day there's a new article out and the american dental association says tell your patients to brush their teeth twice a day and i'm shaking my head no, you need to do more than that. You got to be more consistent. It's simple 
to control gum disease by physically removing it yourself. It's just a matter of wanting to do it. Yeah, and I think when you juxtapose that with the potential harmful effects on your body that periodontal disease is linked to, as, as you mentioned earlier, that's the scary part to me. And that's the part that would make me really want you to dig into your golf bag and make sure that you're going about the best route for me, because the threats that those pose, I mean, that's that's no joke. You know, you're talking about taking years off your life potentially if, if this is not treated. Exactly. And so, you know, I'm a visual person. Uh, when you come in our office, I'm going to take a sample of your bacteria plaque and put it under my microscope and put it up on the screen. And when you start, all of a sudden you realize that's in my mouth, that's growing in my mouth. Every one of my patients that when we start doing this, that, this is what I used to do when I started my practice years ago. And then for some reason, I stopped doing it. Now I picked it back up doing it again. What I've found that I think patients are interested in learning more about me, and they'll Google, they'll they'll go online and see what periodontal disease is. They'll try to figure it out. But once you show somebody, I've been real impressed how it's changing their approach to what they do at home. Because obviously, when you see a modal rod scooting around on your screen up there and, this, and that's that's what causes that's prophomonas gingivalis that causes rheumatoid arthritis or this one's a spirochete little squiggly little thing that's treponin denticola fancy names but they found in the brain producing a protein effect in neurotransmission dementia people generally get on board my patients that smoke i tell them nicotine is not good affects inflammation that's in that medical history that can affect what club I pull out. If somebody wants to do implants and they smoke, not a good idea because it affects bone metabolism and affects the long-term prognosis of maintaining an implant. And if I tell a patient, you need to stop smoking, and they look at me, well, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to say, well, you know, it's going to limit. Really, you got to be aware of what you're investing. If you're going to invest in nice appliance and implants and bridges, you got, you really want to stop smoking. Plus, it causes lung cancer, which is even more of a threat, I think. And I think that's an important approach for the patient because I think so many times when we go to the dentist, we might find out on this occasion, I'm seeing a lot more plaque or tartar or bacteria or whatever it is and cut out whatever this is in your diet or maybe reduce this or work better on brushing as opposed to what you're doing and you're, you're explaining, well, well, this is what's going on in your mouth. And, you know, I, I think I would appreciate that more understanding, okay, you know, this is what's happening. This is the threat that it poses as opposed to, hey, just just do a better job brushing. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not just, you're not just telling me what to do. You're telling me what's happening. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that gets me on board with the treatment plan. Mm -hmm. Like I say, sometimes I get second opinions and it doesn't necessarily mean they'll continue, but I'll say, right, this is the path you ought to go. This is what you need to realize, what to be aware of. When I'm reaching that club and pull something out, I want to make sure that whatever I do, whatever I use is going to help that patient long-term. Some of those clubs are diagnostic tools like the DNA analysis rather than the microscopic view. We can take a sample of their plaque and do a DNA analysis and see exactly what's growing in the mouth. Some people want to know, you know, how, particularly if they don't respond to treatment, that treatment analytic appointment where we analyze whatever we've done and see if they responded. If they don't respond the way we want, we'll do a DNA analysis. So there are things that we can do before we jump on board with an extensive treatment plan or restorative therapy that involves a lot of money that I'm, I'm thinking, okay, we, we got to see what we got going on here before we, we go to the next step. Uh, but telling the patient, showing the patient helps. 
I could definitely see how that is the case. Is there anything else we need to know about the golf bag of treatment options? Well, you know, it, it varies. It depends on what we see. So, you know, each person's different. And um, some have limited options for whatever reason, and some have a full bag. But it, the, the main thing is just to be aware of what they have and then what we can do and then what would be the ramifications if they don't do anything. COVID wreaked havoc on a lot of people. They, you know, they were stable doing the things that we sort of said, you know, the two most important things, what you do at home and your maintenance. And the ICTs or regular cleanings are key part wherever they have it done if they can just stay that's the two most inexpensive things that we can do for a patient or what they do at home and regular cleanings and if that's all they do they're going to slow things down you know no matter where they go whoever does it it's going to help them it's just a matter of realizing okay am i susceptible what's the next step there are things that they can do at home in addition to if you want to talk about action steps they can get disclosing tablets. You know, they can go to Amazon and uh, order dye disclosing tablets that stain bacteria on the teeth. Anything that red on teeth is bacteria. Simple thing to do. If you know, some people, you know, they don't feel it, they don't see it. They brush and they think they got everything. You take one of those tablets and chew it up and swish it around. Be careful because it stains everything. You know, when they spit in the sink. But anything red on teeth is bacteria and then brush it off. I mean, that's a real simple thing to do to, so they can evaluate themselves at home. That's a wonderful action step that we can all take and something that we may be surprised to see. And, you know, making sure that we're getting our regular checkups and making sure that we're brushing four times a day and flossing one time a day, that really goes a long way. But that's a, an interesting action step that I think we should we all should take because there's certainly no downside to it, but mm-hmm. I think a lot of people would be surprised at Don't some we? of the results. Yeah. That'll do it for us today. Thank you so much for listening to the Gum Guru Podcast. Be sure to check out our next episode. If you want to know more about the ways to make sure your smile is healthy and more information on whether you need to schedule an appointment with Dr. Singletary, check out their website at NorthRaleighPerio.com. If you have other questions you'd like to have answered on the Gum Guru Podcast, send them to contact at NorthRaleighPerio.com. 